And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. You can use that promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off your entire purchase of the life-changing CBD-infused coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. Joining us, as always, more or less, is our guy, Patrick Lyons. Plenty of people here alongside us in the chat on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, every place you can be. We are live right now. We're taking questions. We got a lot on our mind. We got to begin, though, with a question slash, I guess, is really just a comment from somebody with just a phenomenal handle, Rammstein Savage, who host. German wrestling fan, Yeah, if you don't know. No? Maybe? Uh, Rammstein? Yeah. Yeah, is that is that a band? Is it both the band and the wrestler? Did we just nail the crossover reference here? But he says, or she says, love you guys. Keep up the good work. Miss baseball. Thank you. Do we host, love you. Macho man. <laughs> if you're Rammstein, Rammstein Savage, you gotta say do host, macho man. That's correct. That's correct. We also miss baseball and we appreciate that. And then got a do host back, so we good to go. Uh, but uh, we what we've got to talk about today is uh, unfortunately this mess. Uh, you know, it's basically become a, a fight now. There's a battle going on between the players and the owners, and in the middle of this uh, was released uh, a set of guidelines from health experts reported on, uh, at least as we saw it by ESPN. That's kind of the list that I'll I'll be using here um, as we have this conversation, and it's. You know, I want to begin with one big caveat here at the front. And this was actually something we were going to have to approach one way or another, even if it was just with the next collective bargaining agreement. And uh, Patrick and I were sort of softening the ground for that. There's a lot that needs to be discussed here that's going to, you know, cross over into people's personal and political beliefs. It's going to be very difficult to stay completely clear of things that people have very strong feelings about. And some of those may be very personal or political, like I said. And obviously, we're coming at this through the realm of, you know, being baseball fans, wanting to see baseball, uh, but also trying to do our best to tell every aspect of the story. And so, you know, uh, I I just hope that we can navigate this in a professional way. And I really hope, you know, and we've never really had this problem, but we've never had problems with our commenters or questions or, or people interacting um in our comments and i know that there are a lot of people that come from a varying a very wide um you know set of beliefs but let's make sure to keep it that way let's not at any point let this devolve into 
if you are suggesting baseball should come back under X circumstances that you're a Y or anything beyond, you know what I mean? Let's, let, let's really, I think we're going to do our best to keep it above board in those terms. And we hope everyone else can as we go along here. Um, Patrick, what are just sort of your opening thoughts on this before we get into Nolan Arenado's most recent comments uh, where he was asked about some things some players have said, some of the things that some owners have said. Um, what do you think are, are sort of your key points to keep in mind as we proceed through this conversation? I, I think the conversation is one in which it's it's a no-win scenario for the owners or the players. You've got millionaires squabbling with billionaires. There's 30% of the population right now in America is out of work. People are trying to figure out how to pay their bills, how to stay above the water, how to make sure that their children are being taken care of and receiving the education. And, and what does it mean if they miss out on a year's worth of education going forward, regardless of the fact that all their peers will have lost out on a year too? There's just a general worry about our well-being and our family's well-being and the fact that there still is very much a life or death scenario out there when it comes to this pandemic and this disease. So when you hear people that are very well off, some even more well off, squabbling about money and saying, well, I'll just take my ball and, and go home when it's actually something that we would benefit from, not any directly, it's, it's not farmers talking about, you know, not planting crops or, or picking the corn and uh, and, and other foodstuffs that, that we need to survive. It's about that escape that we all need on a day-to-day -day basis, and baseball can provide that. And if they walk away because they don't know how to divvy up billions of dollars, well, we as the, the public and we as employees and as journalists, Drew, we end up suffering because of it. So it's very easily you can feel the negativity and the vitriol really starting to build as we kind of get through this. So you hope they just find a solution and we never have to deal with what if or who's more wrong or who's taking advantage of, of who, because we know that has gone on in the history of baseball, unlike any of the other sports with owners really putting the clamp down on player salaries and not allowing them to move from various organizations and the reserve clause. And it's, it's a much, there's so many moving pieces, but to the public it's look, you guys should have nothing to worry about. Even when we break down the 67 page document about safety, everything should really be fine. You need to go ahead and do this for your, your country. If you can't get something to work, Man, that's going to piss off a lot of people, and I, and I can't really can't really talk anyone out of that. I I understand where they're coming from. Yeah, and so as Patrick just laid out there, there there's a lot of different angles uh, to this. There's a lot to get into. I want to begin here because we already have uh, people are fired up. There's a lot of thought about this, and since some of these uh, first few comments, I think work on the, the same level. I'd like to begin here. First, we've got Mr. Fopoyo saying, if any sports come back, there should be no fans for the 2020 or 2021 seasons unless a 100% foolproof vaccine is in place. I know there's a, a lot of people who feel that way, and the, there's a lot of people who would disagree, but I think that's a good place to kind of carve out one side of, you know, this is 
uh, a reasonable position to hold, absolutely. And it's something that's very much on the table and, and should be you know, understood and, and considered. And Ouroboros follows that up uh, by saying, I would be shocked if there were fans in arenas or amusement parks opened before 2022. And again, none of us are, we're, you know, we're all doing the thing, the damn thing, as we said before, we're, we're, um, none of us are medical experts and we all understand that, right? But it, we're all sharing our opinions. And, and I think that those two things are worthy of just like, put that in, in your mind for a second, that that could be a scenario. And that uh, if so, whether or not baseball can come back this year, they still may be under a situation that for next season, there may not be fans or there may not be a full stadium's worth of fans. They may not be allowed to do that. And so even if they can't come together right now and actually everyone decides the best thing to do is cancel the season, again, none of us want that to happen. They still, they've only kicked this can down the road a little bit. They're, as you were saying, they're going to need to come together at some point and decide how to make this work. Yeah, they. It seems like it's it's going to be an uphill battle just because of the history involved between the two sides. You know, the the players association and Major League Baseball. I was listening to something recently about you know the difference between the NBA players association and the NBA. How they've worked together, like they're they're a team. You know, um, the, the commissioner, Adam Silver, you know, even got on a conference call with some of the top players and the players were saying, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. We support you entirely. You know, you're you you know what's going on. We're we're all on the same team. We're all on the same page. And yet when it comes to baseball, because of this history and because of the future that's coming up at the end of the 2021 season, there's there are those moving pieces that you say, well, look, if we. If we can alter salaries based on revenue sharing, well, that can very well lead to a permanent salary cap because there's a relationship between revenues and salary caps like the other three major sports have. So there's just so much that goes into it. And, you know, it's what's interesting about those comments. Thank you, uh, Master Forpoyo and Ouroboros, is, is this idea of like, okay, we're not going to have sports where people can come to the stadium potentially. What w- baseball has an opportunity here, and and, and again, I'm, I'm just spitballing this off the top of my head. What if baseball were to come back again with no fans, and if baseball were the one, not the government, not scientists, but if baseball were, were the one who said, "Look, if you want to come see these games in 2021, here is what you need to do." If you want to come into one of our stadiums, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And they become the standard for what's considered the proper safety protocol. Then society goes, well, wait a minute. Now this impacts me in a way unlike any other. I can go to the grocery store and kind of you know, go at certain times and maybe not have too many interactions with people. Maybe not wear a mask. Uh, maybe not wear gloves. You can get by on different, you know, depending on your political beliefs, things of that nature. You can navigate in your own world to try to survive both mentally and quite literally, you know, physically. But if the sports, right, Major League Baseball could lead that way and say, look, if you want to come to our games, here's what you need to do. Now people go, oh, hold on, wait a minute. I really want to go to one of these games. And while I might lean this way politically or lean that way politically, if I want to go to a game, I need to come outside my my safe zone. I need to come outside my, my comfort zone. 
And then you start to see people saying, well, you know what, maybe I do need to adopt these safety measures when I'm at home, because if, if, if I don't do it when I'm at Coors Field, they're not going to allow me in. And that maybe starts the, the process. You know, we, when, when this whole the pandemic started, you know, we, we saw these graphs and charts of here's how long it might take if it doesn't go well. And I think it's actually now even gone beyond that. And here's what it could look like if things go great. Well, things have not gone great. Now we're saying, all right, it very easily could be 2021, 2022. If you want to go outside the country on an international flight and see the world, you're going to have to wait maybe to 2023 at the earliest. Well, maybe Major League Baseball and the other sports, they step in somehow. And again, they, they, they create some kind of parameters for people to come out to these games and now people adopt it. And now we really reduce the hump, if you will. To, to, uh, <laughs> I believe that's the phrase that we've all been the curve. Again, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, trying to stay politically correct for, for anyone that, that may have issues with certain terminology, but that could start the process in us healing as a society, because now we're really talking about something that we want, not something we need, but it's something that we want and people want their sports back and they want major league baseball. They do. And they, they want to be able to drink their Brex 15 can sampler, which they can do that, but they like to be able to do it out at a game or while watching a game. The, the mile high copper, by the way, perfect, perfect summer beer for watching a game. So really too bad. You can't be throwing that down while watching the game. You can get it though. And if you um, want to get some great food, go on to the farmhouse there, uh, Breckenridge brewery, use that promo code DNVR. You'll get five bucks off. Pretty sweet deal. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's and and I agree with you, man. Like, look, <clears throat> that'd be neat. Is what I if 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 Major League Baseball um, was able to provide that kind of leadership and uh, really, well, yeah, lead in this way, I, I think it would be incredible. And in fact, I think it could work exactly the way you've just described. I. I just don't see them independently doing it. I unfortunately, uh, anyone who listens to this podcast regularly knows I, at this moment in time, do not have a great deal of faith in the leadership of Rod Manfred or the rest of the ownership group in Major League Baseball right now. It's funny, you know, to open up that can of worms, but I'm often asked, like, you know, do don't you think Dick Monfort's one of the worst owners in baseball? And I'm just go like, I don't think that highly of too many of the, I don't, I don't know exactly what curve we're grading on here. So let's, uh, you know, um, I typically don't take their side and I, I think people know that as well, but uh, you know, when it, when it comes to issues like this, I, it's one thing to say, Hey, we all want to have baseball, you know, maybe we could lead this way, but I, I don't have faith in their leadership. Um, and everything that we've seen from them and from most players who've been vocal. So we haven't really gotten into the list. Let me see if I can bring it up here real quick. Um, yeah, most of you are familiar with what we're talking about, the guidelines that most famously included not being able to spit um, or hug or fist bump, uh, limiting or eliminating showers after games, not being able to go out to restaurants, 
not having bottles of water or Gatorade like out on the field, trying to stay six feet apart in the dugout, which is not possible. Um, obviously, the masks, the, uh, just a long list of things. And, and one thing I want to say about this list before we dive into the feasibility is that this was not put in place with the intent of saying, here's the best way to bring back baseball, or here's a way that we think everyone can do these things and then you can have baseball. The whole point of these guidelines was to say, everything you can do on this list that can be minimized or avoided lessens the chance of what our, you know, our, our people are talking about here in the comments. It's Ouroboros and Mr. Fopoyo again, talking about you know South Korea had had this, you know they've been way... Uh, under the hump, I believe, was, was Patrick's terminology there. And they had reduced their hump. And in one night, um, one guy infected about 50 people in a single area. And if you have that in Major League Baseball, and that's all, it ha that's all that has to happen for Major League Baseball. And we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. But one player or one m member of the personnel, this, this guideline lays out, there's basically 101 people who could be allowed in any given sort of clubhouse area at a time. One of those people tests positive, and now you've got, well, 202 people who are in jeopardy because you've probably got the other clubhouse crossover as well. So it, it's just that it doesn't take much to ruin this. So while the guidelines may seem almost impossible to follow and super draconian. If you're looking at them like baseball players, not spitting, are you out of your mind? Let first realize this was not like supposed to be even like, what do we think you can do? It was supposed to be, here's everything that needs to be done to limit it. And there's no, uh, there's nothing in place to say, here's what the penalty will be. Right. So, you know, because, right. Uh, South Korea has the exact same thing. And when I was watching a game last week, the starting pitcher, uh, it was Arrestus Despagne. He, he would spit every three seconds. And I was like, whoa, I thought that wasn't allowed. And it wasn't. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, I guess someone maybe pulls him aside at the end of the game or something like that. He's in his groove. And that's that's fine. It is what it is. But again, I, I think, you know, I don't watch baseball to watch guys spit or sure. to chew sunflower seeds, or to drink water, or mix their own, you know, personal water, as this document said, prepared sports drink bottles. No, I, I go for the game. But if the players can, again, just be safer for themselves, too. No, you know, we want the players to come back, but we don't want them to come back at the risk of catching something and then giving it to their family. Of course not. We, we would hate to hear something like that. And to think that, you know, oh, if only there were some rules in place that would have prevented it, it could have been stopped. Well, that's what this is. These are, you know, restrictions and, and, and suggestions for them to not do certain things. And again, kind of going back to what we were talking about before about baseball being a leader, I think this these safety protocols is them being a leader, right? Now they're not a leader in the sense that they've got independent panels doing all this kinds of scientific studies, but they are listening to the experts and saying, okay, you know what? We're going to come up with 67 pages of what you can and cannot do out of the normal every day, right? Where meals are going to be prepared for them specifically. They're not just going to be able to go into a buffet and say, you know, I'm going to have a little bit more of this Rockies. They just revamped their clubhouse last year and they have this amazing chef in there doing some amazing things. Well, guys are just gonna have to place an order done deal. That's it. 
So there's these protocols, you know, really is an example of Major League Baseball kind of leading by example and not because they want to be a leader, not because they're making this big grandiose statement. It's just because that's sometimes the role that sports can be right. Baseball did it with Jackie Robinson. They did it after nine 11 and the NBA did it on uh, March 11th. Guys came out to the court and then they just shut it down. And it wasn't because the NBA in particular they were leaders. It was because that was just where they were at in that place in time. And for whatever reason, baseball has been in that place and in that time to be the first and to be leaders. And I think, you know, it, it could be the NFL. Maybe the NFL is the one that says, all right, we're going to play behind closed doors. And our hope is that maybe by the final month of the season, we're going to be able to welcome back season ticket holders. But here's what you got to do, season ticket holders, X, Y, and Z. I love this. You've so twisted me on this. I love this idea. And for two or three months, now those season ticket holders have to think, crap, I really want to go to those games, and I'm going to have to do that. And then they walk around, and they see people wearing masks, and they walk around and start to really consider the impact that they have on the people around them right in their world and now they they reflect and and they 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 look within themselves and say you know what i'll make that sacrifice on my freedom when really by by making that sacrifice you actually get something else you you become more free you have more options by taking one step back you now can have two steps forward and so maybe football is that sport but i think you know just because of how it's played out and we're frankly a baseball podcast that's the sport that we love the most Maybe baseball is that sport that once again lifts our society back up into normalcy. Now you're 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 turning me around on this. I I'd love to see him do it. And you're right that the this original set of guidelines here suggests they can do it. Um, and and because I know that everyone involved really does want to get back out there and play baseball, and that is every in everyone's best interest: the players, the owners, uh, the commissioner. And most of the fans, they, they they have the one giant risk hanging over the fact if you are going to be first, you cannot screw this up. And and that's another thing that, that baseball fans should be aware of is if baseball is going to go first. And look, that's just how the schedule works. They're the first ones who could conceivably come back here. And if they're going to do so... The responsibility is 100% on the commissioner, the owners, every player, and every personnel who gets uh, gets to be there. And if that ends up including us in the media, which seems like it may not, which would be weird, but whoever gets to be there, that is an extraordinary responsibility for our entire society. Because as Oro Burles and Mr. Pollo pointed out, it takes one person to not follow the guidelines, get sick, and and shut the whole thing down, and then no more baseball season, and then maybe no NFL season because now the NFL is worried. Well, great, we're going to do the same thing. You know, how can we put in? Look at all of the precautions baseball said they were going to put into place, but five guys went out and ignored them and went out to a club one night, and now everyone's sick. And dudes go out to clubs like not all of these professional athletes are. <laughs> the most responsible people in the world. Uh, Some of them are, some of them are more than you'd think, but it just takes the one. The only clubs that baseball players should be involved with 
are the ones that you could find on WGT Golf. Oh, of- <laughs> let's go. There we go. I had to squeeze that one in there because Manscaped didn't really seem appropriate, but <laughs> you, you know, you're, you, yeah, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. And, and, and guys, you know, they're, whether they like it or not, they, are they almost become a very muted version, but they do become a very muted, you know, uh, version of, of of civil rights activists, right? They they are ones who, hey, we need you to go forth, not because you're essential, right? If if you don't do your thing, we're gonna be fine. We'll we'll, we'll get by, and you guys will be fine, and the owners are going to be fine as well, right? They've got right. money; they they can pivot, they can do other things, right? But by going out there and saying, look, we have a choice, you know, to and that's that's the other hurdle is, you know, if, if if we get into Blake Snell's comments, it's like, well, you know, do we do we want to go out and play and put ourselves in the line of fire and, and risk in that way? And if they they ultimately as a union decide to do that, then it's like, look, we can kind of go out and, you know, not necessarily have our have our cake and eat it too, but it's like we can go have this bit of normalcy, but we can do it within reason if we follow these guidelines and you know, you, you, you have to, you have to walk the walk and you can't talk the talk. It's it's in the pudding, all of these idioms and metaphors, you know, however, however you want to, you want to put it out there, but you know, baseball, you know, has this opportunity right now and it, we, we got a long way to go until it's, it's, it's strange. We, it feels like we've got a long way to go until they can solve something, but it wouldn't shock me if tonight something happened and, Boom. Both sides agree. Here's what they're going to do. Excellent. Excellent. You know, there was a comment up here earlier. See if I can find from, uh, I'm going with D West. Cause there's a whole lot of letters in there who says, in my humble opinion, players shouldn't say a word about it off the cuff. Talking about Snell, let Clark, the head of the players union, do your talking. And I think in, in general, both Patrick and I would kind of agree with that assessment, except for the fact that, it's also our job to talk to guy to other guys and, and try to get those quotes. And we're going to go over what um, Nolan Arenado has had to say. And <clears throat> I want to get into nothing, by the way, dnvrgolf.com for that WGT promo that Patrick so expertly snuck in there. Uh, but fifth this place, question, fifth place in the top of the baby. Well, come at me. I came in uh 30th, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Our but guy, to be fair, there were 4,500 people who entered. So you actually did great. Right, right. 30th out of 4,500. 4,500 is pretty good. Forty. That's, that's pretty good hunch. Uh, and, and so along with this topic that we're on now, our guy Delon Co. asks, would you personally play in this scenario? And and this is, I think, a really interesting and, and great question to ask. And this is why I've started to really wonder whether or not we're going to be able to get this thing done. Um, because if you ask me and assuming I'm already, you know, a baseball player with a couple of years in the league, I've, I've made a little money, I've saved well, so I haven't just spent all the cash on hand that I've had and I'm not just, it's screwed. Let's assume I'm okay. I probably would not. And, um, it has a lot to do with, you know, and again, I'm, I'm thinking of this from very much from like a personal standpoint or whatever, you know, my, my mother is in the, whatever they call it, the, the zone uh, where, where you're more, you know, 
likely to succumb to this thing. And so if the question is put as, as bluntly as, as this, which I think for some people it is, and I think this is a fair way to frame it, would you risk your mother's life to do your job? Uh, my answer is no, I would, I would find something else to do, especially assuming that I was well taken care of already. And I would imagine a lot of ball players, you know, and, and as Patrick said, it's, it's, it's about the people around you. I think it would be, now Blake Snell does himself no favors when he comes out and says, I got to get mine. Like, that's not a good quote. <laughs> that's not it. But don't say that. Um, don't make it about the money. It shouldn't. And, and if it's about the money, then yeah, we are going to look at you sideways and screw you. Like, come on, man. A lot of people out of work right now. But if Blake Snell had said, look, I don't want to risk getting myself sick and my grandma sick and my favorite aunt sick or my mom or my dad, or I've got a, a brother who's got this immune to fit, whatever. And then now no one's got a problem with that. And, and, and then I think there's a very real moral question of, and we brought up David Dahl and Scott Oberg on the last podcast where we talked about this. Do we just move forward with the baseball season where, Hey, sorry, anybody who has any, Immune stuff, you're just not invited. You're not allowed to play, and you have to be left out, and your team just has to suffer the consequences of that. Maybe some people would be okay with that, but I would understand any ball player saying, I don't trust the one person, right? It comes back to the one person. Do I trust that if these guidelines are in place, enough people will follow them so that I won't get sick just from doing my job that, as we've said, not really essential no, for me, it wouldn't be at all about the money. So I went to a, I went into a grocery store this morning for the first time in maybe seven weeks. So I've been very careful and I've been very cautious throughout all of this. That being said, would I play? Yes. Now that comes with a caveat. I would, I would, I would talk with my 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 team representative. I, I would talk with Tony Clark, and say, okay, what? I would want to know every scenario. If, but then what if? But then what if? Of every scenario, because if there is a guy in my locker room that, you know, I have a reason to not trust him because I caught wind that he did go to the club and not the WGT Golf Club, but. I know that he's doing something that's going to jeopardize me. Well, you know, we're not on a team now. Now it's now it's me trying to survive, you know, for the betterment of, of the game and the rest of the players because, you know, and, and it's us against you. So you you would really need to know like it, is is there a is there a, a pin you can pull to to throw out the, the parachute and you could say, you know what, I'm out. I'm, I'm jumping out of this thing because it is not what we were promised. It isn't as safe as, as we thought. I think, you know, baseball's doing not just their best job. But I think they're doing a, a great job to hermetically seal the players and the teams from this. And I think it can be done. I think, you know, I, I think this, this, this pandemic is just, it's a lot simpler than I think it's been made out to be. And I say that from the sense of, again, 
You keep more, six feet or more of distance. You wear a mask. You wear gloves. You stay inside when you're not, you don't need to be. And again, that's easier said than done for some people who are forced to work in certain environments. But if you simply do those things, you are not going to have germs around you. Um, so I, I, unless I'm missing some of the bigger picture, I think, I think again, MLB is hermetically sealing these players. And if I knew that that was the case, that was the case. And it was like, wow, in a weird way, I need to tell myself I'm a Patriot for going out <laughs> there and playing baseball. Well, then I would need to do that. And I would go out there and I, and I would play. But if, if, as soon as, you know, as soon as anything looks a little bit askew, a little, little, something's not right, or it's, it's not what we're being told. And I, and I have no reason to believe that MLB wants to back down from any of this. I think they're going to be the ones that have a lot to lose, right? The players, if they have to cut the season short and they don't finish, you know, the World Series, then True. oh shoot, maybe the players miss out on again. They're going to miss out on millions of dollars, whereas the owners are going to miss out on billions of dollars. So they actually have more to lose. So they are going to make sure that everything at the stadium is going to be as it needs to be. So in that case, I, I would do that. The hardest part of all of this, that being said, is is changing your your normal everyday practices. And that's why to me, it's been simple. Maybe I, I live a simpler life that for me, I haven't had to cut out a lot in order to you know stay sane and have some semblance of normalcy for myself. But if you are someone who surrounds themselves with their friends and family 24 seven, well, now you are essentially need to quarantine yourself. The example you use is, is your mom. I, my mom's on the other side of the country. So it's, it's easier and more normal for me to not see my mom. But if I still lived in New Jersey, which is where I'm from, fun fact, <laughs> but if, if I still lived in New Jersey and I was in the same County and I was a 30 minute drive away from my mom, but I would need to operate for the next four or five months in a way that I would almost never be able to see her, that would really be a challenge. And that's something that, you know, major league baseball needs to offer maybe some counseling services for these players to get through this time and say, Hey, you, you know, you could see your mom, but you could get her sick. That's a major problem. Or you could not see your mom and she'll be fine. But now what, you know, what is that doing to you to not, you know, to not see someone you're so naturally inclined to be around. And that's, as you mentioned, that's the biggest hurdle. I think for most of the players is that, is that lifestyle change and say, you, you are, you know, you're in a hermetically sealed bubble, so you are safe, but no one, no one can really guarantee that safety. So if you're around other people, you really jeopardize, you know, the, the odds of, of them catching something like that. And that is the worst fear that all of us have. And speaking of my mom, she has a question for us here. She says, in that 67 pages, does it say what will happen if someone tests positive? I do believe there were some uh, parameters laid out, at least for what should be done, like how that person needs to go into quarantine for a couple of weeks. And and so, yeah, there, there was things laid out. Patrick, do you remember any of the other specifics in there? Yeah, yeah. So basically players are going to undergo intake screenings when they report, you know, to spring training. And uh, I imagine things like that will probably continue. They'll get their temperature checked with a contactless thermometer. And yeah, exactly right. If, if they were to test positive, uh, they'd have to self-quarantine. 
you know, get, get whatever, you know, treatment they needed. And, and so again, that, that goes for everybody there. So if press were allowed, I imagine we would undergo those exact same things. Granted, we might not really come in contact with the players, certainly not like we did before. We know that, but even in a, you know, Bud Black is essentially in the dugout on the top step. We're, we're standing in the front row, you know, uh, lobbing questions at him. I mean, Hey, that's something could happen there. So we need to make sure that the press is is kind of getting checked out. So, and, and that probably means either one, you know, only one of us is going to be allowed to go. You know, not not sure. Again, that's that really is like the least of our worries. But you know, they've they're they're thinking of all these parameters. And and really, once once things going, it wouldn't shock me if you know if if these games are are actually going to be held in the the home cities of the teams that you know, by the second month of the season, things are still changing. And, oh, Drew, I don't know. I don't think you were on this text that we got from Rocky's PR, but make sure, you know, this, that, or, hey, no facial hair is allowed. Make sure, you know. Screw <laughs> that whole thing. Make sure you really clean up the, your your Manscaped buzzer and then, you know, bring it upstairs and, and take care of all of that. What, whatever it is, I, I think it could constantly be changing because ultimately, you know, safety is the number one priority. So. They'll, they're going to continue to do those uh, testing. They use saliva. They use oral and nasal swabs at times, blood samples, you know, to test for those antibodies. So it's uh, a lot of hurdles, but there's, again, there's there's a lot at stake here, at least financially and for the public, you know, mentally. For, for those of us that love watching the games or love doing our job uh, within the game of baseball, you know, it, it serves a serves a wonderful, wonderful purpose, and we're we're starting to see that. You know, particularly with the KBO and you know UFC, the last two weekends, horse racing has been back at a couple uh, different different locations. So it's the one thing that brings us together. It's the one thing that helps pass time. And, and again, baseball has that opportunity to really help us during this this incredibly painful time in our world. Well, if they do decree that you got to get rid of all that body hair, then you get the perfect package 3.0 kit from our guys at Manscaped. The lawnmower is water resistant. It's got a cordless, it's a cordless trimmer. It's got that little LED light on there, which I'm telling you is going to make a world difference. Absolutely gets the job done. Nicks and cuts and things like that, which you really won't don't want in your downstairs area. Uh, that's a thing of the past. Plus, if you order this package, if I may, you get all kinds of cool, good, smelly stuff. It's my favorite part of the whole situation. You get some shower gels. You get some ball deodorant. You get a little spritzer. You get yourself fresh and clean, and you feel good. Could be a sponsor for a marble racing league, Mr. Poyo. Why not? Why would <laughs> You got to keep your marbles smooth as glass, and you can do that with Manscaped and the Lawnmower 3.0. So use that code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off, plus you will get free shipping and a really cool like um, travel bag thing that comes with it. It's just, it's a great deal. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, and whoever ends up having to go down near the nether regions is also going to enjoy it. And anyone who's ever played rugby will know sometimes you end up down there near those nether regions. I would imagine... 80% of the Colorado Raptors are manscaped. You got to be. Lowers wind resistance. And again, you're going to be down there. Let's get some of the spritz. Spritz it up, boys. 
uh, spritz it up. But if you want to know beyond the manscaping abilities of these guys, you want to learn about their abilities out there on the pitch, right? They play on the pitch. That's got to that's be correct. Exactly. I'm learning. Yeah. Our guy Colton Strickler's got you covered. Check out the DNVR Raptors podcast as soon as you're done listening to this. You will learn things. And join us for the DNVR watches, typically on the weekends, watching rugby. I've been learning things. I've been enjoying, uh, enjoying the play-by-play commentary quite a bit. Uh, and uh, really just sports Sports are good. Having sports is better than not having sports. Uh, and the Colorado Raptors are a super fun rugby team. We can't wait till they're back out there playing. As Patrick has said, if baseball models things and does some stuff right, maybe we can all be back out at Infinity Park before too long because it's a gorgeous place to take in a little bit of rugby. Yeah, you'll see some of that this weekend as they as we watch them take on the Houston Sabercats. It's a good name. Sabercats. That's a good name. That's good stuff, man. Rugby is so much fun. The team names are great. The players are all hosses. <laughs> I, I like trying to like figure out what each guy's WWE gimmick would be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that guy is built like a bowling ball. The bowling ball. No, no, we got to – we'll work on it. We'll workshop. Just, just bowling ball, not the bowling ball. That's stupid, Drew. Oh, right. Guy, it was right now you got something. Yeah. <laughs> Very clearly. All right, let's jump into something I mentioned a while ago here, but the, the kind of other hurdle beyond all of the health issues and the guidelines and can slash should baseball come back and what will it look like if it does is, of course, the big looming question of who going to get paid what? And it's no one's favorite topic of conversation right now, because as Patrick said, it's billionaires arguing with millionaires. Um, and it always feels like the opening salvo of these conversations on both sides is just the worst. It's always like Blake Snell. I can't remember which owner it was that came out and said some nonsense about how like, Oh, so, okay, let's back it up real quick. So everyone knows where we're at, and I'll build back up to that owner quote. I'll try my best not to forget it. I'm just leaving it hanging out there. Um, but the idea is, so before the season was going to start initially, as we were all beginning the, the quarantine, a deal had been reached between the owners and the players that if half a season was played, they would get paid half the money. And that more or less, I'm, I'm oversimplifying here, obviously, but that was more or less the agreement in place. And more recently, the owners have come back and suggested, and this is what the guy said that, well, they didn't know that when they came back, there weren't going to be fans in the stadium, which I don't believe you. But putting that aside, <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was already well known and established there was not going to be people in the stands. Yes. And, and that really is the crux of, of where my issue kind of begins and ends, honestly, because then the owners come back and say, since we have no idea how much money we're going to make, the, the players should should accept revenue sharing. Essentially, they should accept a percentage of whatever it is we end up making this season. Uh, the two other things that need to be well understood that both protect the owners in a way, but not a good look, are their books are not open. And this has been an issue for a while, that 
many owners, and I, I, I think rightfully, will say just because they're billionaires or they've got hundreds of millions of dollars tied up in all these assets, they don't just have the cash on hand to be able to pay an entire, you know, let's say a uh, hundred million dollar roster just out of their pockets. Right. And, and so I think that's a very reasonable thing to assume. The issue here is that the books are not open. And so the players aren't only being asked to accept kind of a certain amount of revenue, but also that the owners will be completely honest with them about how much money is brought in and that they're being honest about how much they already do have on hand that they couldn't afford to pay. Did I, did I lay that out fairly? Do you feel Patrick? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Trevor Bauer, I think laid it out really well too. He, he described it by saying, okay, engineer painter and someone's going to, uh, you know, someone who's renovating apartments is going to give you a hundred thousand dollars for your services, right? You agree, you sign the contract, but then there's a fire that, you know, wipes out half of the apartments. All right. Well, it's not your fault. It's not necessarily their fault. So you go, fine. I'll accept half that, right? Because of these apartments that have burnt down. So I'm now I'm making 50,000 and you sign that contract. And then the client go, comes back and says, you know what? I'm not going to be able to rent these apartments for what I originally thought I was going to. So now I'm going to need you to take even further of a pay cut. Whoa, wait a minute. Hold on a sec. You miscalculated along the way, right? And now imagine if if that painter and that client are the only two painters and the only two clients, or rather the only one and one that have ever existed in the field of apartment painting businesses, and you have a longstanding feud and you hate each other and your parents and your father's fathers were feuding against each other. And you go, this is never going to end. You are constantly trying to take advantage of us. And, and, and how do we know that you're not going to be able to rent those apartments for what you're saying? And so that's the thing is because MLB isn't opening their books, they're saying that something like 40% of their revenue that they normally get from, you know, from uh, games in the stadium is going to be wiped away. We don't know that we're, they're just, they're saying that we, I don't, I don't know that that's true. The players don't know that that's true. Only the, the owners do. So until they were able to find something out. If if the books were opened up and they would find out it was 40%, then I think the players would be like, yeah, okay, fine. That is fair. We're both working the same general parameters. This is fair. But the the players seem to feel, and I would agree with them, the owners, maybe they're only losing 25%. Well, now let's negotiate that and not the 40%. Major League Baseball and the third teams are not going to open up their books. There's a lot that's going to be in there that players know about and they're going to want to get their hands on and is going to just make the situation that much more worse going on. Online. And owners want to protect, you know, they're, they're, they're the ones taking the risk. They're the ones paying the millionaires. But, and they, they're the ones who own the billion dollars. So they have a lot to lose too. So you can understand why they want to you know, go about business. That's, that's happening right now. It's negotiations is that it should just be, hey, let's, let's be fair. And what? It's never been there. 
between the two parts. She's never been fair. Um, I, I don't know what will get fair. I mean, I just have various ideas, but that's going to happen. So they have to negotiate with a certain, a certain guy that's dealing with the last few years, knowing full well whatever is right now in less than a year and a half time, the, the CBA runs out in one. Now they're going, hey, you know what? That was, that was a little more top night in May and June when you guys did this or when such and such happened. Let's do that again. Let's keep doing that, right? And it's rough. In fact, one of the reasons why the MLB draft is only five rounds is simply because the owners didn't get what they wanted from the players' union. MLB said, look, we'll do 10 rounds, but rounds 6 through 10, the signing bonuses, we have to cut them in half so we can save money. And the player association said, ah, that's a real slippery slope. We can't say we can't say yes to that. So MLB goes, fine, we'll scrap it. Done. That's it. They took their ball and they went home. And so now there is no round six through 10. And so that's kind of what we're dealing with, with the Hatfield and the McCoys. Or Hatfields works out well for baseball. I don't know what something that, <laughs> that sounds or rhymes with McCoys, but the hat part of the Hatfields and McCoys is very applicable right now between MLB and the Players Association. And I don't know what's going to get it resolved. Yeah, I don't know what's going to get resolved either. I also don't know how clearly we're coming in. There's been little bits of lag in and out of what we're doing here. Hopefully, um, hopefully everyone still got us clear out there. This is another part of the world we live in, getting adjusted to the new world, right? This is this is one of those elements. Hatsfields and the Bat Boys is a suggestion here from Oros Oros. <laughs> Close and something you in there. Bit boys, McCoys, bit boys. Hatfield and the Bit Boys. And the Bit Boys. Well, um, not knowing how well the technology is going to hold up, let me do one That's last my uh, element here. Okay. It sounds like you were lagging out a little bit there during that last bit. I caught most of it. It sounded brilliant to me. I mean, just really killer analysis, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> I might need to replace my hamster. He's in a wheel. He generates all my Wi-Fi. So I may just have to swap him out for a fresh set of legs. And I think that'll, that'll improve my quality. Totally makes sense. Uh, so the one thing I want to touch on uh, before we get out of here were, were the comments by Nolan Arenado uh, in The Athletic to Ken Rosenthal. And it's you know one of those things I did see kind of the takeaway quote on Twitter as, as a big poll quote, and I saw some people responding to it. And it was, you know, Nolan kind of saying, we all want to have baseball. We'll come back uh, when it's safe and when it's fair. And some people sort of go, oh, he's taking Blake Snell's side. Or some people saying, hey, that's a very reasoned, calm approach to take. Um, when I read through the interview, it was – a kind of normal diplomatic Nolan Arenado that you would expect his, you know, will come back when it's fair line was after a good, what felt like 10 to 15 minutes of him saying, I love baseball. I will play under any circumstances. You give me 150 rules. I will follow all 150 of them and I will be there to play baseball. Everyone wants to play. He did all this stuff for a long time. And then basically Ken Rosenthal kind of asked him like, 
you know, so what about Blake Snell saying, I got to get mine. And Nolan was like, okay, look, maybe that wasn't the best. Well, I see he, Nolan did the, he said the, the right thing. I see why the fans don't like that language. Cause a lot of people are struggling and we are not, but we have to do this in a way that's fair for everybody. Um, so let me get a couple of the more direct quotes that I thought were maybe a bit um, fairer. Yeah, I'll say this. I was I was impressed with how Nolan handled it. You know, my my first inkling is was to say like, you know, maybe maybe you don't speak out on this because it hasn't really, you know, hasn't really gone well for a lot of folks. As as Dan mentioned earlier in the comment that Snell needs to realize, like with all the players, that in this new world that we're in, where hey, come on, we're just going to talk and BS like. That's the only interview. That's the only instance of you talking about anything. So people are going to latch on to any and every word that you say, even if you haven't given any other interviews on record and you're just hanging out with your friends, but in a public setting, you have to be super careful and cautious about it. So it's easier to say nothing. So I give all the credit in the world for Nolan for, for speaking up and saying, you know, I, I want to give this another shot. I want to talk in public here about a sensitive subject and let's see if I can do it with, without, you know, having something taken out of context and having, you know, people get upset by it. And I thought he did a really good job at it. I thought, thought he learned a little bit about, you know, uh, he learned a little about himself and, and, and how to uh, work through these uh, conversations with the media um, obviously we saw what happened in the off season with Bridich, and I think, you know, his words might not have been taken out of context, but he didn't, we wasn't able to articulate himself the way he wanted to. And I think he did a, he did a great job doing it here when he didn't need to, he doesn't, you don't have to pick up the phone and say, Oh, Ken's calling me. Hello, Mr. Rosenthal. Like he's nobody's boss, right? Nolan, he right. stepped up and he did that. And like I said, I, I was really impressed. I thought he did a good job handling it. Sure. You know, anytime you're, you're talking about these things, you know, something could be pulled out and taken out and say, oh, I have a problem. What did you mean by that? I think I have a problem with that. Uh, but overall, I, I thought he did a he did a really nice job uh, talking with Ken Rosenthal here. Yeah, I thought so, too. And uh, I'll get a I'll, I'll get to what I thought was really the the big takeaway comment, not the the poll quote of like, we'll come back when it's fair, which was like taken out of context. But. Um, I, I thought this was really Nolan's thesis statement here. He said, the public should know that we want to play baseball as long as it's right, as long as it's fair. That was the first part of it. We want to be out there. The misconception, see, this is where having the full quote really helps, is that players don't want to play if it's not perfectly set up. That's not the case. We understand nothing is going to be perfect this year. And I know some people think they just want to play or they just want to play only if they get all their money. But we're not going to get all of our money regardless. We understand we're not going to get paid everything we were go we thought we were going to this year. But um, we still want to be able to go out there and earn our contracts and put on a show for the fans. It's important for us to play. It's important for free agency and everything. The players understand that. But he also, and th this is the other part, says it's pretty sad now what's going on in our country. It would bring, it would be great to bring joy. And I think baseball is a great sport to do that. Ultimately agreeing with the underlying premise that the country kind of needs baseball and that the players aren't out there being sticks in the mud over the difference between $3 million and 
one million dollars that this is um about making sure that you don't just the, the owners can't just have all of the say all of the time that that can't be how it works um and it is the sad reality of being a player in a situation like this is that the only thing you have as leverage to not just get walked all over is to not play at some point you know, you, you may agree with the owners at this point that they should take a third. So any guy who's making $3 million should take a million this year. Come on, you're still getting a million dollars. What about 10%? What about five? What about one? Where do you draw the line and what stopped? There, there's nothing that stops the owners from doing any of that other than the players collectively getting together and say, this is the, the only leverage we have is to play or not play. If you want the baseball players to play, you have to treat them fairly. It, it's, it's not about the end dollar amount. It's about the fairness of the conversation. I think that's the hardest part. And in, in what Nolan said is, you know, I think fans, whatever he said in regards to fans understanding is that I don't know if, if fans can understand and i don't know if us as as journalists can understand because frankly you know mlb is not opening up their books so we don't know what is fair right if you if you if you play or do your job for 10 percent of what you're normally uh expected to get well if your bosses are getting 10 percent, and if you know only 10 percent of profit is made for the company that you work for that's typical you're, you're all sharing in it equally and to date you know, players still aren't receiving the full share that ownership receives in Major League Baseball. And because we just don't know what those numbers are. And this is just an example of a wait a minute. They they just can't trust that the powers that be are saying, well, we're going to have to reduce your 50% down to, you know, 35% or whatever it is, because that's what's fair for everyone. You're the only one who's saying that we don't even know. We don't, we can't even Pitch a number. Maybe 45 is more fair than 50% of our contracts. But we have no basis to put any of this on because we don't see all the numbers. If we had a guy that could crunch all that and do it for us, oh, he said he said 41%. Okay, we'll do 41%. Done deal. But as of right now, it's just either we do exactly what you say or we hold on to the one thing that we had already negotiated on because I- <laughs> that – Maybe it's not fair for you right now, but it, man, it hasn't been, it hasn't been fair for us and the players' union for a long time. Right, and that's that's the hardest part, I think, for anyone to really understand. So again, I, I think Nolan did did a good job, and and you reading everything in its in its entirety and its context, I think you know makes it clear that like he wants to come back. You, you know, you could understand how a guy making league minimum wants to come back because it's like, Hey, this is an opportunity to show my bosses how loyal I am. I'm a loyal guy. You want to keep me around because I've got way, I've got a lot to lose because my career could be over in a second because maybe I rub someone the wrong way or something happens. And then I don't get another shot because who am I? What have I proven? Right. Nolan Arenado, he could retire today and he's got enough money in his life to live really happily. But he loves the game of baseball. He is a baseball rat. He loves the game. He wants to come back. 
he probably. Oh, no. Oh, no. We, we, we got a Patrick lag out, freak out moment again. Our tech was so good. We were going to end strong. Nah, uh, the Wi Fi hamster has done terribly. Okay. Because he loves the game of baseball. So when he says that, you know, uh, what's fair is fair, it's because he wants to come back and play the game of baseball. He just doesn't want to do it if his brethren are, are getting struck down and, and aren't getting what's fair to them, just like the decades of players before him and decades of players that will come after him. He's thinking about the bigger picture. He's thinking about his, his brothers in arm in the players union. So he wants to come back. So if so hearing it from somebody else, you might go, yeah, but you're making this much money. We know how badly Nolan Arenado loves this game of baseball. So you you can't take those words out of context with him and try to use that against him because he he, he would come back. He'd come back for a just a fraction of what he's making. Hundred percent. All right. I think we got to cut our losses. <laughs> uh, that's a good place. Uh, Patrick can go and upgrade his Wi-Fi hamster to some squirrels, according to Mister Fopoyo. A little weird, but do what you got to do. I guess that's an upgrade. I don't know. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, we'll have you know, a lot more time to dive into this. Obviously, this is going to be a, an ongoing conversation. Hopefully, we'll have some news in the positive direction. It's often that these negotiations open with one side's way over here, the other side's way over here, and that's and now let's work toward the middle. Hopefully, and that's what's being done here. Uh, cooler heads are prevailing. Uh, that not too much of it plays out in the press, though some of it, because we need stuff to talk about on podcasts and things. Uh, Speaking of things to talk about, hey, yeah. DraftKings, are you getting up 3.30 tomorrow morning? To I'm doing it. Of course I am. It. There's a lot of good pitchers on the hill. And by good, we mean guys that could make it. Guys that pitch for baseball. Yep. But you got the number one, number two starters that are on the hill. And, man, these teams just keep smashing the over. Last week. I, I took the under on uh, on my guys, the NC Dinos, and it was looking great. It was a pitcher's duel between Mike Wright and William Cuevas. They both went, I think they both went into the seventh inning, giving up one run apiece, and then the bullpen blew up. These bullpens, went, man. It went over by half a run. I'm going Dude. back again this week. I'm taking the under. We've got We've got a big matchup tomorrow morning. Tuesday morning, my first place, NC Dinos at 10-1 and one versus the reigning champ, Doosan Bears, at 7-4. and four. Mike Wright versus Lee Young-Ha. And I think it will be a true pitcher's duel even once we get into the bullpens. So right now, take the under at plus 100, under 9.5 runs. I think you're going to be happy with that. There you go. There's your DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. Glad we got that in there. Make sure you're catching all your KBO action bright and early at 3.30 in the morning Mountain Time or catching it on their Twitch channel uh, if you subscribe to that whenever you want then, which is really nice to, to do. So. Do you have to get a big uh, inhale of breath to do the whole Micro Machines spiel? Oh, yeah, right? I, 
I don't think do I you could remember do it. the commercials, the micro machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a guy who was able to do that. I remember seeing something on uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not had like a TV show, and there was a guy who would like freestyle rap like the fastest, and they would like slow down his words so you could hear what he was saying. He wasn't really saying anything. It was like I'm driving in a car and I'm going really far, and I'm drinking out of bar. And yeah. Just, honestly, <laughs> all right. Oh no. All right, we broke Patrick again. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Let's sign off on this thing. This 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 crazy podcast internet situation. At least, I mean, we've been doing this for a while and hadn't had as many issues as we ended up having today. So I, I guess we were due for one. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out, asking questions, uh, doing the thing, whether it's on Twitch or Facebook or uh Twitter, Periscope, the YouTubes. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com. Make sure you get yourself some cool merchandise and you just stay up to date with us. We'll have all of the latest uh, on you know the players, the owners, when we think we might get some baseball back, what that's going to look like. And we are gearing up for massive, massive, frankly, over-the-top in-depth coverage of the draft. We're going to go crazy with that thing. I'm already looking at player videos. So be ready to join us for that on June 10th. Other than that, can simply say thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.